I feel like I can't trust human beings to do the right thing what's ever. good and what's best for them anymore. <laughs> Watching yeah. our fucking U.S. government in the last few weeks has made me just give up on humanity. I'm not even kidding. The petty, shitty, silly things that they've been doing. And they're supposed to be running the free world. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. <laughs> Fucking nasty free market capitalism. The one thing I'm glad I'm I'm pleased about all of this unionization stuff that's been happening. Yeah. Like finally those free market fuckwads are getting well, they show them what like, where the free market really leads. Yeah, labor has to understand its power. <laughs> that's the revolution. But but as we know, that also is sometimes turns into a corrupt system. Sure, of course. No labor unions, like, you know. Every system tends towards entropy. Right. Like the like this podcast. <laughs> I think that's gonna be it. We're gonna have like a whole long intro and then and then it's gonna hit here. It's good to be back, Matthew. Like a, like that would be good, like a ten minute drop and then the song hits. And people would be like, What's going on? Just gotta remember what the time here. A cool, balmy October evening has laid itself across the hill country, and it's cooled us off here on the back porch where we are recording some episode number of which I have no idea of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Episode 180, folks. If you can believe it, I certainly can't. I know some of you out there, some of you might be listening for the first time. Maybe you're saying, yeah, sure, I believe it. You'll come to not believe it in your time, I assure you. But for now... It is Friday the 13th, on the eve of a total eclipse. I tell you what, guys, if we were pagans or druids or something, man, we would be busy tonight. We would have a lot to do, I think, on this auspicious Friday, October, Friday the 13th, to get ready for that total eclipse tomorrow. Man, we would have to, we would have to do a lot of chanting, a lot of circling up around stones, a lot of, uh, maybe we would give ourselves brands or tattoos or something. We, we would have a lot to do. And maybe we'll do some of that tonight. You never know. We'll find out after we introduce my good friend. He has, he is equipped with wheels that allow him to roll on train tracks just as easily as he rolls on the street. He's also equipped with mandibles like the Predator, and he's equipped with a passion for children's folk rock particularly in the 90s in the Southern California area because he's Matthew Rampy. I follow the Schaefer down to Zilka Park listening to the wind of podcast. An October summer night 
Train cars passing by, listening to the wind of podcast. Take me to the magic of the podcast on an Austin night where the old friends talk about nothing at all on the wind of podcast the wind of podcast i promised it i'm keeping i'm keeping promises shafey i love it i love it i was lucky that i listened to episode 179 right before episode 180 there they are shout out to our it commuters looks like, it looks like there were some actually some people on that train because of the festival. Oh, there's a fest. It's festival season festival in Austin. Weekend. Welcome. People to- are getting around the city any well, way they no, can. It's. I don't think festival weekend really describes it. Like, literally, literally ACL is two weekends. Yep. But then, really, there's a whole litany of things that happen in the autumn. Sure. You know, the, the F1 circuit, race, circuit of the Americas, and uh, total eclipse. It, so, Shafi, I hate to correct you here on your own podcast, but it is a, we are experiencing an annular eclipse oh. tomorrow, and in in the in the spring in April there will be a total eclipse. A total eclipse of the so heart. I hope somebody doesn't have a stroke and oh. gets aphasia. Oh, <laughs> but maybe maybe it's maybe it's a love eclipse. Did you get the Lauren Marks reference? Oh yeah, singing total that eclipse was, of the heart. Okay. Good one. I just for a second there, I just wanted to make sure we were on the same podcast. Friend of the show, Lauren Marks. Let's we should say hello to her. I wonder if she's listening. Lauren had a a brain injury, a, a sudden brain injury while doing uh, karaoke in Scotland. Right, total eclipse of the heart. Is that right? Am I remembering those details right? And then she suffered from aphasia for a long the time. Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Which, oh, Edinburgh Fringe. Doing a oh, show. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. They were celebrating the close of closing of the show, right at the climax of Total Eclipse of the Heart. She collapsed from a massive brain aneurysm. You can you can listen all about that in episodes either twenty one of tw- yeah. 20 if you're a new listener, you're wondering which go which ones you should go back and listen to. Go find that. It was our she was our first ever guest. It might have been 20s. episode twenty four. Um. So it's been a long time since we podcast. We missed you, the listener. Yeah. I know you'll be understanding. We had some complicated things. We we had gone like an extra week. And then I got a, a call from a family member. And I went to, my mom was in the hospital. She's been in the hospital many times lately. And um, she has, she had uh, idiopathic cirrhosis of the liver with meaning there's no, she wasn't a big drinker. There's no exact pathogen that led her to that, but her, she's had liver failure for a long time. And, um, uh, anyway, she passed. Let me, let me, let me do the, I don't want to tell the story, but without saying that my mom passed away last week, um, so I, that seems like everybody can understand why it took us a while to get course, to a yeah. podcast. I, um, it was a very visceral experience. Um, her kidneys were failing and they had her in ICU 
and they told her she was going to have to be on continuous dialysis. And they like had a port in her neck. When I got there of like Wednesday of two weeks ago, and um, they were telling her that they were going to take her off the uh, liver transplant list. And like there was the committee was going to meet the next day and make that final. And um, we had just barely started talking about, you know, not dying in the hospital and wanting to go home on hospice. Hospice, great, great organization. And um, so that's Wednesday. I go back to my sister's house and stay the night going back to the hospital the next day. And then like our stepdad is texting us, um, you know early where are y'all mom mom wants to talk to you so we go up there and she had like made the decision she was like i'm sorry i'm not i can't fight anymore if they if i can't get a liver transplant you know and i don't want to be a here on dialysis she'd already been in the hospital again for like five or six days at that point and she'd been she spent a ton of time in the hospital through the last year and um I, and then I hardly ever got to go visit when she was in hospital. I actually did uh, this year. I got, got, went up there once uh, and saw her when she was in the ICU. Um, she was having all kinds of problems with a, a stomach ulcer. That was, she would get anemic. And then, like, if you don't take this liver medicine just right, ammonia builds up in your blood. And a couple times over the last year, she would, like, kind of go into almost a coma or catatonic state because the ammonia like scrambles your brain really liver disease is terrible you know and liver controls so many things and you know fighting all these problems and so she was just like that's it i'm gonna go home they they hook us up with hospice a hospice agency because it's not just like one government thing it's different agencies and mm-hmm. the point man for that group came in and and talked to us and he was great (laughs) and um she was like yeah i'm i'm going home and i you know and i'm going home she was a person of great christian faith and feels confident about where she's headed in the afterlife and and if there is any real practical point of having faith having that reassurance as you pass into the next life is um is great you know and and there's a great community of people this this guy from hospice was he 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 was he was great and and he treated it like i said look buddy you're, you're really good at your job and he was like well it's more than a job to me it's a ministry and you know it was great and then but then i didn't know like you know, I, I thought hospice, like a nurse was going to be there the whole time, but it wasn't, it wasn't exactly like that. And it was Thursday and they got us out of the ICU like that day. It was like Thursday morning. She made that decision. And by like two o'clock, we're getting, putting her in an ambulance to take her back to her house. And, uh, I had stayed at my sister's. I had to stop by there to get my things. And then I just went over to the house with my, you know, this, where she lived with my stepdad or, it bothers me because it's not like she went home, but, it, but you know, it wasn't really, uh, she's, they've moved around a lot in the last few years and it's just like uh, some random rent house they've been in for maybe two years. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of my feelings have to do with 
like, you know, feeling like my mom didn't really get to live her life in the last few years because of her physical state and because of her mental state. She was very depressed and like, she really, she really didn't understand why that had happened to her. You know, she wasn't a drinker and, and uh, it was tough anyway. So <laughs> it's very, it was a very visceral experience. Did I already say that? because she's got the the dialysis machine Mm -hmm. and then like it's coming out of her neck this port and there's there's this machine and there's all her blood right there yeah going in and out of her body and there's like a central canister just filled with blood it was very uh, sci-fi and and visceral and then she had a feeding tube up her nose and she got a nosebleed as they were like trying to get her ready to go and you know we're standing next to her just like dabbing underneath this feeding tube so the blood wasn't flowing. She also had like a, a port in her arm that they were putting IV stuff and it was also bleeding. She was coming apart, you know? Wow. And uh, then we went home on hospice and I had to call my wife and kids to come see her so that it's Friday. There's like an intake process, but it's not like somebody's with you the whole time. Like, Mm-hmm. They say, oh, well, you know, she's okay. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow. <coughs> a nurse and an aide will come tomorrow. But it wasn't, it was just Monday through Friday. So we had Friday and then like, they, of course, they're like, call us if anything happens. And, and you have this kit of comfort medication. I'm, I'm giving her the Ativan and the morphine and this little dropper, you know. And, mm-hmm. and then I just was there and my sister has a baby. And, and so she needs to go home at night and take care of, of her child. And so, you know, she lives about 40 minutes from my mom and she would go home and I'm, I'm there with my stepdad. And so Friday, Saturday, part of Sunday, people were coming by, you know, um, my family came. It was terrible, man. It's like, say goodbye to Grammy, <laughs> you know, um, and then I was just there on Sunday afternoon. My, my sister and my stepdad took me aside and they were like, we know you need, might need to get back to your family and blah, blah. And I'm like, what, what are y'all talking about? I'm not leaving here. Mm-hmm. What's the point of having kids if you're going to die alone? You know, the least I can do is be there for my mom while mm-hmm. she is dying. And so by Sunday, we didn't know how long it was going to take. The doctors had said maybe a week. Um, we didn't think it was going to be long. And then, you know, it was a litany of medications she was taking. And we, we subtracted it down to just like this medication for her blood pressure. And she stopped taking the liver thing. The lactulose is terrible. Like messes up your stomach. And, mm. and then that's the only thing that's like keeping the ammonia down. And so by Sunday evening, Sunday night, she started to really be out of it, you know, and just sleeping. And then, you know, there's the question of pee and poop and, and, you know, she's in a, like a brief and a, there's a pad, but she kept wanting to get up to go to the bathroom. And so like, I'm like three or four times in the night on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, like my stepdad was waking me up and we were getting her up and taking her to the bathroom. And then through Monday, She's just like breathing all fucked up. Like you could hear like her lungs filling with fluid and 
And then on Tuesday, I mean, my sister would leave and just be like, I'm, I feel so bad leaving. And, and I was like, no, you need to go. And she would come in the morning and I don't know, on Tuesday, she was really uh, totally unconscious and just barely breathing. And but, but man, it went, it really went on and on. And I was like, you see on the news, these cops that like touch a bag of fentanyl and then die. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where's that bag of fentanyl for my loved one? You know, sure. but my sister reminded me that, you know, I, in the Christian faith, that there's this idea of you, you know, God will bring you home when he's ready. And so she, she, I guess if, even if she'd had the choice, she wouldn't have wanted some suicide solution. Mm-hmm. I think, I think this medicine assisted death is like, I don't personally don't see anything morally wrong with that, but you know, everybody's entitled to their beliefs. So, um, I was just, we were just trying to keep her as comfortable as possible with the Ativan and the morphine. And and then it's like Tuesday and she went from just barely breathing to not breathing. And then you're just like there in the house with a body, you know, for a while before they come get her. Mm-hmm. It's it's just all pretty fucking crazy, man. Like when it when it was over, I I was just like I couldn't fucking believe what had happened. You know what I mean? And I think now I'm a little like you know viscerally traumatized from it. There's definitely a difference between when this body has like a little like some electricity and is breathing, even though it's totally in distress and close and everything. I, I said to the hospice nurse, I was like, "Is this what they mean?" by passed away peacefully at home surrounded by friends and Mm -hmm. she was like yeah this is pretty peaceful she had said that a body knows how to do two things it knows how to be born and knows how to die and i was just like in agony you know while she was suffering and so but I don't know, I was somehow able to just like do it and be there. And my stepdad was very appreciative and my sister was really appreciative. And, you know, my sister was then taking care of all the stuff for the service. We, we went ahead and had the service on Saturday last week just because, I don't know, we didn't see any reason in waiting. I, I mean, I guess if you have people that are coming in from out of state or something, you wait a little while to give people some time. But anyway, that, that was like... A, from when I went to the to the ICU to the service was like a 10-day, 11-day art, you know. And so then that leads us to Sunday. It's, fr- it's Friday now, Sunday of last week. I'm home and I, 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 I crashed, you know, for a few days. I felt like I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I definitely think I didn't was going to be recording a podcast. I, I hope it doesn't seem... insignificant or callous or like, I don't care because I'm recording the podcast. No, I've already, I've, I was forced to get back to life this week. I had some things that like I had a, a vendor presentation scheduled and this, this event I was supposed to go to. And I, I, you know, I had to get myself together to do those. And, um, now I just feel still like, 
I can't believe that all happened. But again, she, again, she's been ill for a long time. I I knew it was coming, but I didn't know how it was going to affect me really. And you know, it's it's significant. And ever any any of our friends who've lost a parent have reached out to me like right away. Like, yeah. What did they say? And in, in reaching out to me, yeah. Just that. I mean, I think they didn't say anything specific about yeah. it. They just, I just think that it puts your mortality in such clearer focus. Sure. Yeah. When you lose a parent, you know, I knew that you would, that when you were ready to talk, you know, we would be here for you. And I knew that I, I was fairly certain that you would want to do that. And, you know, I, I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, nine weeks or three weeks or whatever, you know. Um, I The reason I asked specifically what your friends, first of all, uh, Matthew, it sounds to me like you comported yourself in the best possible way that a son and a family member and a father could possibly do. And so for that. Well, thanks. I, 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 yeah. I really value you as a person and as a friend of mine to hear this about, you know. I mean, I just just doing the right thing, but I, you know. But not everybody does that, Matthew. It's really <laughs> just unfortunately. <laughs> in fact, a lot of people don't, so uh it's really like ex- extraordinary for me to hear and I know that this will be helpful to a lot of people actually. Uh but the reason I specifically asked about, you know, what the other people who had lost parents said to you is because it's hard when you have a friend going through this, you know, and when I texted you, I, it was true. I said, you know, I'm sorry, buddy. I said, I literally don't have the words. Um, you know, I didn't know what to say to you. And I, I knew from, for actually from listening to podcasts like Warren McInerney's you know, does a whole podcast about bereavement. Oh yeah. And I knew that like, I knew there were specific things like I wanted you to feel like I was here, but that you didn't have to respond to me, uh, you know? So I tried to make that clear as, you know, that thinking I tried to text you about once a week saying, thinking of you, yeah. don't have to respond to me. I'll be here, you know, whenever you're ready. Um, well, it's definitely been heartwarming for me in that regard to, you know, hear from all these people that I, that, I love and, 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 you know, a lot of, a lot of concern and a lot of outreach and that that's been great and amazing. And, and some one magical hour folks reaching I, out I, too. I, I did, I did want to say that, um, because of her faith, she was, she really was at peace on Sunday when she was still coherent. We were like, mom, are you, are you okay? You know? And she was like, ah, I feel good. I'm at peace. And she said a few times, like, she's just like, I'm so glad you're here. It makes me feel so loved. I'm so glad you're here. Not everybody, you know, gets that. Not everybody is that, that strong, as strong as your mother was, you know, I think, you know, and speak stuck about, you know, being the best possible person right up to the very end. That's, um, you know, like you were strong for her and it sounds like she was strong for you. Like, yeah, it was pretty amazing because like I say, her mental health has not been great and I, and she has felt of like a victim, but in the end she was, as soon as she made the decision and 
you know, of course we talked to a lot of, you know, a lot of her friends and family and, and then there were chaplains at the church, at the, um, at the hospital. And then there was a hospice chaplain and there was a lot of praying and, and even some hymn singing and stuff that went on. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's great. I, I have always thought that like, what does it matter what's on the other side? If you have, if you do have a belief that gives you some solace 100%, in life, yeah. like it's worth it for that. As long as it doesn't lead you to, you know, uh, terrorize women or, or whatever else, yeah. whatever else ugly thing religion is used for. A lot of problems. Having faith and having a relationship with the source is how I say it. I, I, I mean, I'm not in a lot of people's eyes. I, I probably wouldn't be a Christian anymore, but because I'm so open to all these other concepts of how God and and the source and and the yeah, but you the have force strong are, feelings about religion and theology. And, I, I do. I and I've and I've studied a lot. I mean, I was raised in the Baptist church, and then I took like world religion classes in college, and I and then I've read other holy books, and I really found that the Tao Te Ching that has this vibe that if you read the words of Christ in red, you know, it's like saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, and it all, I, I think that all of the major world religions are, are the same. They are talk. they are describing the same things about the nature of being in different ways, in their own cultural ways. Like, you know, Hinduism is so amazing to me because in Christianity, we talk about how the human mind cannot fathom God. You know, we're, we're too feeble and God is too multitudinous. And I feel like Hinduism takes God in all the many things that the force can be and describes them in all these different ways and all these different characters. And God is creative and destructive. And, you know, I think that's great. And then like just the the road to selflessness with Buddhism. I, I love that too. And a lot of it is geared on selflessness. I mean, the Christianity is all about, you have no power, give it up to God, you know, um, trying to make sense out of everything, life and death and the universe and time and the future and the past, you know, I just, I think, how would I you it, how would you do that if you didn't have a podcast? It, exactly. I don't know. How does anybody sort it out without a podcast? It takes any and whether that religion, you know, like earlier we were kind of joking about, you know, maybe some silly like far far right Baptist Christians who, you know, say that humans and dinosaurs lived together and that the dinosaurs were all killed by the flood. And, you know, some stuff that really doesn't make sense. But, you know, and then there's like, like, you know, your, your friend who's the, you know, the hippie Wiccan who puts a lot of faith in crystals and stuff. You know, I think that they're both, they're both perfectly legitimate to me. They're, you mean Dave? They're, uh, they're, they're people, you know, finding ineffable, you know, faith in the ineffable and, uh, and, you know, trying to, trying to give themselves some tools to make sense of a very, a very uh, opaque 
universe where you know a lot of there's a lot of stuff that we don't understand. There's a lot of questions that even science can't. It, I can't think answer. it's true that human the human mind is small and so finite, <laughs> and that our perception, our powers of perception, are very limited. Yeah. You know, and uh, I'm I'm so into the metaphysical, but but for me, it's not about an afterlife. It's about this life and and how it can be enriched by having an understanding of that which is not immediately perceptible. It's very important. And, you know, the fact that your mother's faith both helped her and then helped you, even though you don't necessarily share that faith, you know, yeah, that's a good, good reason. I, I don't think for... it's fair to, I don't, I also don't think it's fair to say that I don't share that faith. I definitely set off on this path through through Christ, through yeah, Christianity, okay, sure, through, um, uh, yeah, um, you know, I was raised but, Catholic, but, but, so there's a lot here's, of you know, here's you hear about a lot of people going to hell for you know sure. not believing the right things, right, it's, right, and I, I'm not, I yeah, don't subscribe I, to that. I, again, I I bring that back to right now in your life, you you make your life a hell with your thoughts and your deeds and you, hell hell is here and now it's not it's not about an afterlife uh, i i think that the focus on the afterlife is is too much for um whatever i also think that like whatever happens i i i think it as humans and when our egos we want it to be an individual experience afterlife and I think it is the opposite. It's the return to the creative force, which is a collective experience, you know. And um, Christians talk about being in heaven and they, they wonder, will I recognize my, my brethren, you know, and will I recognize my parents or, you know, what will it be like to be in God's presence? And I just think it's just like a return to being all together you know whatever listen this is not a theology podcast <laughs> sherry jeanette fulfer who became sherry jeanette rampy who became sherry jeanette harvey um january 12th 1955 to october 3rd 2023 she was only 68 years old have a sip to her she was a great mom and she was a sweet lady. That's, that's what everybody said. Everybody who came by, everybody who, my stepdad kept saying it, such a sweet lady, you know, she re really was. She's, um, she was a well-liked, well-liked person, you know. And I think that's the best possible thing you can do in this world. My parents were, were really good looking people. Especially when they were young, I gotta say, they were they were really good looking. And then I then I look at at their parents, like they both come from two sets of really good looking parents. Oh, yeah. So, um, what happened to you? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Just kidding, you're a very I know. good looking. I um, I am short and bald though. I don't know if you've noticed. That's the nice thing about being as a, a man is you can be short and bald and still be good. Man, that's true. We're very lucky. Um. I, don't, I think we have a few other little podcast things to talk about here. Thanks for coming over. I don't. I don't really mean to make our talk about my mom a, 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 
like a recorded thing. I just, I knew I wanted an in posterity. I keep, I keep thinking about my kids listening to this later in life. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, um, and like I said, a bunch of listeners to one magical hour reached out and I need, yeah, I need, yeah. And I definitely, you know, yes, a lot of listeners reached out and reached out to me too. And, um, it's I become really, very really important to a really small handful, a, a really couple of dozen that. people. Who it, uh, it's funny because when you start a podcast, that's rarely the goal. You know, to have <laughs> two hundred or so people who just care about you so much. Like, generally, the goal is you want to have millions of people who sort of care about you at least enough to download you on their iPhone amidst all their other podcasts or whatever. But like, so the, I think so we're. That, Squarespace will pay you to advertise. I think I think we're probably um, the only podcast some of our listeners listen to. Do you think that's possible? Some of them, yeah. We were for me for a long time. I I've been listening to. Think that this is exactly why we started this podcast, so we could talk about the important stuff, figure it out. Yeah. Search for community, comedy, and comfort in this contemporary world. Yeah. I want to tell you that I've I've transferred all of my emotional pain into physical pain. <laughs> yeah, it's all in my back. I have Give like like massage. the morning the like I, my body felt good. Let me say let me say another thing about that experience. I, I also I don't mean to make it about like I should memorialize my mom more, but but I really wanted to talk about just what happened at the end, Mm -hmm. at least right now, because I'm a little traumatized by it. I feel like I'm going to have to put a little bit of a warning on this episode, you know. Sure. It could be triggering. Um, Yeah. When you said visceral. Yeah, it it was. And I didn't even get like (laughs) fully into it, but um, when you're going through something like that and you're, you go into this mode, you know, and it's, We, I think humans all end up dealing with some things in life where they have to put up a barrier between them and what's happening, or there's like such a cognitive dissonance that you have to sort of phase out and you just like, you know, you mm-hmm. have to do this mm-hmm. and you just get through it. And, and a lot of examples, war, childbirth, uh, literally any kind of like, you, a traumatic injury sends your body into shock, which is really an ethereal experience. I've had it a couple times mm-hmm. from, from like injuries, broken bone and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like pretty amazing, you know, something you in your, in just a regular state of mind and, and, and state of body, you, you think, how would I deal with it? If suddenly my bone was broken in half and you've got, mm-hmm. you've got chemicals in your body that like handle it for you. And mm-hmm. So I don't know when I, when I'm like playing these, I think I want to talk about it because when I'm replaying it all in my head, I, I can't believe it happened. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I was so steady and, and I, you know, of course I did when it was done, I broke down <laughs> totally. And, and I'm, I'm still, I know there's more of that to come in terms of like, yeah, you know, that's thinking kinda... about it and processing it. I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I, 
you know, it, this is, I'm a week and a, I'm 10 days away from very uh, long term from her last day. And it's not like, oh, I've, I've sorted it out because I talked about it on my podcast. <laughs> I could see us, you know, a year from now marking the date and then maybe you telling us a lot more stories about her life or something, you know, when you're at a different part of the different stage of grieving, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, our listeners are going through stages of grieving all the time with this podcast. I obviously would not want to go too negative with this, but there's something that curious that occurred to me when you were talking about, you were, you know, talking about her liver failure and her being on the list. And we were, you know, some real negativity entered my heart when I was thinking, really, because as you know, I'm I'm a tech, very much a technical optimist. I feel like we should, you know, I feel a certain amount of anger towards uh, a certain group of people who have uh, who have stood in the way of like stem cell research. And, and those tend to also be Christians, right? you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit angry that. This is not an anti-Christian podcast, by the way. (laughs) No, I know. I know. (laughs) That's why, and that's why I wanted to, you know, I wanted to couch all this. It's like, just a, this is my feeling. And I, you know, I'm not. Are you, are you saying that more could have been done? I just feel like, I just feel like anybody who stands in the way of stem cell research and, and you know, or, or all the different research that you can do for transplants and creating new, uh, just creating brand new organs. You know, the these the but, bereavement but, but is it, on their hands. You know, when you're going through that process, you are there's all kinds of recommendations that, uh, for your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And my mom wasn't very; she didn't take care of herself very well. You know. And so she really, I, I mean, there was that part in me that's like, well, fuck that liver transplant committee or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she didn't really do the things she needed to do to get herself in the shape that she needed to be in. They don't want, you don't want to be handing out livers to people who are not going to survive it. Mm-hmm. And for different reasons. And that, yeah, she okay, had, di- that she had, she had diabetes and, you know, she she wasn't her and my stepdad. They were not fastidious about, about the medications and, and like just everything she could have been doing to improve her health. She really let her mental health get the best of her and just didn't do anything. And, you know, that's, that's disappointing, but that's not what I want to remember about her. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I definitely, when you're when you're in a physical condition it can work on your mental and and you you know you can't really overcome that so and the thing about the hospice it's really glad to hear that some part of the healthcare system is doing a little bit of good you know in the middle of all of the well i think hospice is is maybe you know driven by these religious groups too gotcha. yeah um um, so they're a little more, great. A little more organized and probably tend to have the patient in mind. Yeah, like that. Them. Like that's a that's a private business. The agency that gotcha. Uh, I think it was called Three Oaks. 
or something. <laughs> I, I can't read. Shout out to new sponsor Three Oaks Hospice in in Addison, oh, Texas. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that they were there for um, you guys. For you, yeah, for you, yeah, you no, it, it, it's a cool thing for sure. You don't you don't want to die in the hospital. Mm. Yeah. I at this point I'm hoping to die in a sudden violent accident. I think that's <laughs> I think that's best. I hear you. It could be a car crash or or. Um, uh, a hydrofoil accident, you know, for my weekend hydrofoil outings or or uh, an active shooter situation is okay. Just like a couple to the chest from an AK and a nice, it, 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 you know, a rural mountain bike ride with. Oh, with I, a, I like it. A couple of maybe like a, a dramatic fall. You're, you're, you're feeling your oats from the, <laughs> yeah. from the Rocky mountain high and to yeah. decide to ride your bike without your helmet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. Uh, are we, are we transitioning? Hopefully. Are we, we're done talking about death. Should we talk about war in the middle East? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Let's not talk about war in the middle East. No, let's not okay. talk about the U.S. government, unless you want me to just get real negative again. Well, um, like, like, I, like I say, I think I'm going to use that. Um, I may use that opening where you've already expressed some concern about that. Let, uh, let's talk about the important things in life. The Taylor Swift concert this weekend. You mean the movie? Yeah. The opening of the Eras tour cinematic experience jeff the bartender and i were talking i today and i was like i jeff i feel like we should go bear witness to this you know because like an, a taylor swift concert costs you know like the secondary market those tickets go for two thousand sure, dollars i, I i'm definitely gonna see it and uh and and which i think is totally gonna be better than having bought a ticket to that concert yeah. you know like it's gonna that's be, how i feel too it's gonna be awesome but i got on today and you know there, there's only Obviously, you'll be able to watch it on TV later, but for, as far as the the movie theater, yeah. like they were sold out in seconds. Sure, but it'll stream. Um, yeah, so yeah, right. I might, I might catch it on HVS tape <laughs> when, it, when it goes to HVS <laughs> with your home video system. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm lift driving. I was lift driving tonight. I, I I did some work. Is this a segment? I did some work at the at the front page today, and then I went home and took a very brief little nap, and then headed out to do some driving. To do some driving. Shafy. I left. You know, I got into my house. I turned the app on, and my first, I was pinged straight over to Nickel City around the corner from my house, the bar. Festival season. Uh, yeah. The the pickings are are just vast, right? Yeah. You got when you turn on the app, you just have a lot of choices, right? Uh, is that how it is? Like, like on the app, you see a lot of options, or no? Does, or no somebody reaches out to you. Yeah, it queues up. You know. Okay, I see. There's sometimes when it'll show, especially if they're a little further away. There will be like this will pop up, and they'll be like, "This, these guys, seven, seven minutes away. It's a five dollar ride. Do you want to take it?" Ah, yeah. But right. generally, if it's close by, they're just queuing you up, and you're going there. I see. And so I was pinged over to Nickel City. Whip around, you know, that's obviously real close to my house. I like Nickel City. Yeah, it's a good place. And they're doing, you know, in the October month, they turn the whole thing into Moe's Bar from The Simpsons. It's so clever. They do so, a lot of clever things. Really fun. Uh, whip around there. I pick up these two girls. 
one of them was wearing this kind of gauzy black dress. Oh, yes. And then the other one's wearing... Sorry, I'm... <laughs> wearing kind of jean shorts and a gauzy black shirt that kind of shows a like a black bustier sort of... Uh, they're dressed like Taylor Swift. Oh, they're dressed like Taylor Swift. And I see that... Uh, they're going to the movie theater, they're so just they get in. There are a couple said, of Swifties who were pre-gaming. Yeah, I said, "Are we going to the? Are we going to the Taylor Swift concert?" And they're like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Oh yeah." And I told them, you know, I tried to get tickets and couldn't. They're like, "Yeah, we we got them within the first twenty minutes of them going on sale." Uh, and then we, you know, we got to chatting. Um, we had a funny conversation. They had picked up. Do you know what Underberg is? I'm afraid I do not. Underberg is this German digestif. Oh. It's like a it's like a oh, like a schnapps? Turned up it's like a turned up Jägermeister. Is that like is that anything like Malort? Even more able yeah, Malort, Frenette, all of these things. Okay. It's like that. But it's they really classify it as okay. cough syrup. So they can sell at places that only sell beer and don't necessarily have a liquor license can sell it. You can buy it and put it in your pocket without opening it and drink it later. So they had... Why have you never given me this for a stocking stuffer? (laughs) It'd be a great stocking stuffer, definitely. But it is super medicinal. Mm. So they had... That's fine. We're both Frenette lovers. They had picked them up. They had picked up... They had each picked up a little bottle of Underberg and they... Threw that back while we were on I-35, and I was laughing with them because they didn't know what they were getting into. And uh, and they were like, what? I was like, so I explained it a little more to them, and they were like, yeah, that, that all tracks. And they were, uh, uh, it turns out they were food bloggers, so uh, I told them about the front page, and they were real excited about that. Um, and then I told them about the podcast. They were excited about that, too. And then I was thinking, man, you know, I'm just some old guy, Lyft driver, uh, but I got all this cool stuff going on, you know, and I got, you know, these, uh, these millennials in their twenties are super excited about it. So that, that kind of made you feel better. Made me feel a little good about things. If only you had like cards or stickers or something to give to people so that they would remember the podcast because they're, you know. They're pre-gaming. Well, they're not going to remember she, Lauren, verbatim. Oh, she Lauren her phone. pulled it up and went on her phone. And oh, that's cool. I said, mash that subscribe button, girl. And she said, don't tempt me with a good time. Okay. Uh, so, okay. Welcome new listener, Lauren. Yeah. Hopefully she should start Swifties, with, Lauren and her friend. With this. Uh, no, they looked at the Knots Landing episode because that was posted. And they didn't. They had no idea what Knots Landing was because that is before their time. Well, as it turns out, neither did we. <laughs> uh, but I looked into it. I'll tell. I'll tell you. Should about we do it. one more lift story? Yeah, and then of course. As many, just, no, as many. Should we segue naturally into no, the Knox Landing? Man, as many. Uh, no, no. Because no. I know all of our listeners are like, oh "Boy, Knox no. Landing conversation." No, I, I, I definitely <laughs> people, think people want to hear about lift driving, not Knox Landing. I'm excited about Knox Landing. Uh, last night, I picked up a dude, Marcus, and this is like. You know, I've had a little bit of a drought for good lift stories, so... Uh, it has been a while. So, last night I picked up this guy, Marcus, and he gets in the car, and I was like, you know, I, I start conversations in different ways, you know, and some people 
So some people immediately start conversation with me, you know, uh-huh. you know, you never quite know how it's going to go. But I, some sometimes you call somebody up and you go, "You want to start a podcast?" Yeah, that's true. I I uh, I picked him up in downtown. He lives in one of those big high rise condos downtown. I picked him up and I said, "So what you up to tonight?" And he said, "Well, I'm going to dinner with some friends." He's like, "I've had a pretty interesting day." My ears perked up. Like, oh, do tell. He was like, I woke up this morning in Austin. I flew to El Paso for lunch, and I flew back to now. I just just arrived back. Wow. And I said, wow, that's... And I, as a joke, I said, did you have Mexican food for lunch? And he was like, yes, I did. He said, actually, I went to a really cool... He says, like, this very traditional, old Mexican restaurant in El Paso. He said, because I had lunch with Beto O'Rourke. Oh, he said, he actually said, do you know who Beto O'Rourke is? Do you know who Beto and is? I said, yes, I do. And so I said, the stickers on the car. I also kind of joking. I said, are you a lobbyist? And uh, oh. <laughs> he said, no, I said, no, well, not really. He said, when you, when you say that to somebody, is that really joking? Or is them saying words? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I definitely, uh, is I it am. like, uh, it's like this New York city, <laughs> get a rope. Get rope. Are you a lobbyist? Uh, he said, no, not really. He said, I'm working on a documentary about immigration. Okay. And, and I said, I was hoping that he was working on helping Beto O'Rourke win a, uh, an election. Well, that would be, that would be exciting, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it? Well, maybe. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. So he was going to ask, he went down there to ask Beto if he could be interviewed on film for this documentary. Oh. And not only that, he agreed to that, but after talking, I guess Beto got excited about the project and agreed to narrate it. Oh, so that sounds like a this get. kid was just a yeah, huge the top get. of his He's like, this has been like one of the greatest, craziest days of my life. I could see why he was talking about it. Yeah. And so I was like, man, I'm so glad. You know, I, I told him I was like, I haven't had a good lift story in a while. So I'm really happy that uh it's it's funny when you ask somebody what they're up to or how they're doing or whatever. You I was having lunch with Beto. Don't always expect no, much do you of know, do you Do you know who I was having lunch with? Do you know Beto? You know, and I told him that, you know, working in the bar and restaurant industry, I, you know, I have a lot of people that I'm very close to, friends and coworkers who are undocumented. And so that's a, you know, the whole, I would say that, Immigration is probably the most important political issue to me at any given time, you know. And he said, "Yeah, he's, you know, you're not alone." So there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of really wild stuff going on, and you know, and I, uh, you know, we kind of just we talked about how, you know, America is built on immigrants, you know, and we're all immigrants, um, whether we're from Scotland or Ireland or. You know, you don't want to get too bogged down in the history of uh, us going over here, but um, at least maybe not right now. Um, right, not technically, not everybody's an immigrant. And he said, "Right, well, I mean, even they walked across the land bridge." Sure, so. but <laughs> could be sort of first rights. You know what I'm saying? Okay. First dibs. If you're, uh, if you're Anasazi and I'm Irish, <laughs> uh, like I don't think that there is any one of those. This guy, there's any really. Debate. Gosh, especially with that uh, Killers of the Flower Moon 
movie coming out. Do you know that story? Yeah, well, I read a little bit about of it because of that movie. But so we're only talking about happy stuff tonight. Yeah, exactly. This, anyway, so is uh, this the jolly episode. So we're really excited about Marcus's movie. I think I think yeah, it's cool, called man. We Are Immigrants or something. Did you tell him about the podcast? I don't know if I did, but I definitely told him about the front page. Okay, he said he's going to come there. I so. can see how you would. Le- anytime you're telling people about something in your life, you might lead with the front page. You don't uh, want to lead with the podcast. Let me ask you a quick question about the Beto thing. What percentage of the population, say over 20 years old in Texas, doesn't know who Beto is? I, know, I mean, I guess there are some young people that are like totally divorced from any like political. Uh, I, and I was, I, I wasn't really, I was pretty apolitical when I was young. Yeah. You know, before G Dub stole the election. Yeah. That got know. everybody. Before that, I thought, nah. I still think this to some degree. The vote and democracy. The vote is a little bit of a panacea, you know, <laughs> yeah. to the masses, or a placebo, not or, or like you know. So much positive stuff on tonight. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, Are we talking about capitalism? I think we're pretty well caught up on on lift stories. Okay, let me play a beat to get us out of there. <laughs> Oh, that sounded good. Um, So, in the last episode, as a joking, I was talking about a um, a William, uh, oh no, I forgot the name of the comedian, William Goldfinch, that's not it. Um, Excellent joke, and I straight up stole the joke for the title. I was talking about a joke, and um, the Knots Landing was faked. uh, Yeah, um, I I remember this being on this show, Knots Landing, because this show ran from. Are you ready for this? Nineteen seventy nine to nineteen ninety three. That is astounding. 14 seasons of this primetime soap opera, Knott's Landing. By the way, the Taylor Swift girls had no idea what Knott's Landing was. Good. Entirely unaware. I can see it it has completely (laughs) fallen out of any kind of pop culture reference. It is a a funny old thing from the 80s. 16 um, years it's on? 14 years. 14 years. Um, It was technically a spinoff of Dallas. Yeah, that's you told me that last time. I didn't even know that. And but but the of course our this our source of course is the wiki article. Mm-hmm. It was actually the concept was actually prior to Dallas. And then Dallas had become a success and and so uh though initially not as popular in the ratings as Dallas, Knott's Landing ultimately ultimately outlasted it and garnered much critical acclaim. There were 344 episodes spanning 14 seasons. Um, Knott's Landing is about a cul-de-sac in a fictitious coastal suburb of L.A. It's It's called a sea view circle. Some sort of a landing. Through its 14-year run, storylines included marital strife, rape, murder, kidnapping, assassins, drug smuggling, Trigger warning. politics, environmental issues, corporate intrigue, and criminal investigations. I've got here. I got a new joke. Should I tell you a joke? Yeah, yeah. My wife's a little bit of a man hater, 
And I think if you're not hating men, you're not paying attention. Because let's think about all the things that men have invented. Like marital strife, rape, murder, kidnapping, assassinations, <laughs> drug smuggling, politics, environmental issues, corporate intrigue. So what you're saying is if you're not hating men, you're not watching Knott's Landing closely enough. I'm not saying that watching Knott's Landing is going to make you a man-hater, but, uh, <laughs> but if, it's, if it doesn't, you're not paying attention. Um, so... This wiki article is long. Oh, I was here. Let me just let me just play the theme from Knott's Landing while I'm talking about it here. Um, this wiki article is so long because it has a little section for every season, and I started to read through them, but for some reason it tells me it's not the same thing as watching the show. <laughs> and I kind of got bo- wow. I kind of got bored. You see how long it is? I'm scrolling through it right now. Jeremy's seeing it. And then there's this giant like rubric uh, chart for the characters and the That's and an the actors chart. and the season. And um, so, who's the most consistent main character? Well, the main character on Knots Landing, I think, or the main actor, one of the main actors is Michelle Lee. Michelle Lee, what character uh, did she Karen Fairgate McKenzie and Joan Van Ark, who played Valerie Ewing Gibson Waleski. So, you know, Dallas is about the J.R. and Patrick Ewing. Yeah. And um, Knott's Landing is about Gary Ewing and how he's the black sheep of the Ewing family. I see. And there's this whole backstory. And I don't understand if his backstory was like made clear like through it or like. I, I hope people can hear me. Maybe I'll turn it down a little bit. That. No, I love that. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I gotta have to start it again. Just a little. Um, yeah, I want to be able to hear it. It's really, it's really a great thing. I want to start it over here. Um, <clears throat> this is what I find super interesting. So there, the, so there's a ton of da- not landing Dallas crossovers. Yeah, okay. Like in the first episode, Patrick Duffy plays Bobby Ewing. In the second episode, Larry Hagman plays J.R. Ewing. And yeah. in the sixth episode, Charlene Tilton is Lucy Ewing. Anyway, sure. there's all these crossover. Char- the character comes on and he's the character from Dallas. But in Dallas, on the sixth season of Dallas, the uh, I think it was the um, it was the I think it was 85 86 season Bobby Ewing was shot and the, and the whole season was who shot Bobby and they did a whole season where this character was dead and at the last episode of the season the famous shower scene his wife comes in and finds him in the shower and it turns out the whole thing was a dream <laughs> And that shot the crossovers for me. I see. They they it, that created an incontinuity, and so and so they just stopped. They kind of just stopped the crossover appearances after that. <laughs> the death of Bobby Ewing messed, messed it all up. You remember Victoria Principal as Pamela Barnes? Sure. Ewing, yeah. Right. She was great. And you remember Patrick Duffy? Yeah. yeah. He was great. Did you, your parents would probably watch Dallas. What right? else was Victoria Principal in? I like, I like her. I don't know. That's another. That's another really podcast. This, here's a chart of the Nielsen ratings. Okay, hold on. That was Yasin Bey. Um, that was a little, 
copyrighted material. We're in trouble. Uh-oh. Anyway, big, we're in big trouble on this policy. On this policy? <laughs> this podcast. Um, you, suge- oh. you suggested in the last episode that... Victoria um, Principle is not who I thought she was. You suggested in the last episode that our our listeners and like our group of friends might, if if we could find it streaming somewhere, we might all get on a knots landing kick. Yes. Yeah. And and now I I feel like it's imminent. Uh, did we find it streaming somewhere? Or we can no, just watch I it on YouTube. I googled it today, and one of the one of the first Googles was knots landing streaming. Mm-hmm. Oh, Peacock. No. Quantum Leap. It doesn't... I don't know if it is. Here's TV Guide, where to watch and stream. Currently not available to stream. So here's a great hole in the stream. Uh, Shafee, do you want to start a streaming service? <laughs> that we just... Not we just, we just get the rights to not landing. <laughs> we just start there. It's a good, good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, Matthew, I don't really have time to start a streaming service because I'm, I got the bar and I'm lift driving and I'm, do you write poetry anymore? I do. I'm writing poetry and you know, also write songs. All the, all the things. Okay. Did you, do you have a song prepared? I don't. Okay. I can, I can. No, know. no, that's all right. Don't listen. But you do need to read a poem. Can you read the perfect poem to commemorate my mom's life? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I really loved my mom. She was great. I'm uh, I'm very sorry for your loss, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Schaefer put his hand on my on my. I'm wearing shorts. He put his hand on my naked knee <laughs> for the first time in our podcast history. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, he was reaching out to me. I could be kind of a touchy guy. That's good. Of course. I mean, this whole thing's pretty touchy-feely. You know. The whole podcast endeavor. Larry Levis. I thought the robot was pretty good tonight. I think he was, yeah. I really miss Alex Battles. I hope we get a chance to talk to him on the podcast again soon. I'll reach out to him. You think he's sick of us? Uh, you know, I, I think he kind of he kind of rotates in and out. Sometimes he's sick of us. Sometimes he's sometimes he's back. You think sometimes he listens? I don't think he ever listens. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gonna feel silly when we hit episode three hundred and he hadn't been listening. Like one day he's gonna wake up and he's gonna look and he's gonna see where we're at and he's gonna he's gonna regret how much he's how much he's missed. <laughs> Larry Levis wrote one of the one of I think the best collections of poems ever written is his it's kind of a book length poem. It's called Elegy. And it is entirely about it's a remembrance of Okay. Someone who passed. I'm not going to read from that. I'm going to oh. read. <laughs> that's like in. That's like that scene in. Um, uh, va- a vacation where he's like he's he's asking for directions and the guy's like, 
Now, you're going to go down here. You're going to see a sign that says ribs. Now, fuck that. You don't need <laughs> to know that. Ignore that. Ignore that sign. Wait, I, bear with me. Uh, if you could vamp for a little bit. Oh, could I vamp? I just want to make sure. <laughs> You know, in the whole levity of life itself and where you are feeling like you need to give away some of yourself to live some more, I think you should make a move, a smooth move, it all just starts with one action, one reaching out, maybe touching a naked knee, maybe you need to do something creative. Maybe that would help you tap in to the source that you've heard about. You've seen it on the news. You've read about it on the social medias. You felt it in that black, dark heart of yours. You might have seen it on a DMT trip one time. I suggest you go towards that. Now, peace out. Oh, did, did I tell you that I went to see uh, uh, Diggable Planets? Oh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Jay came into town. Jay came and did Manish go too? Manish did not go. Oh. And I think, I haven't seen him since then. When we talk about it, I think he's going to regret it. It was really good. I regret it. It was like, uh, I didn't know what yeah, it was going to, I, I didn't know was. what it was going to be like, but it was, it was almost like a remix of, it was a celebration of their 30th anniversary of their seminal album, reaching a new refutation of time and space. And, it was it was really like it wasn't like they performed the album in the way it was intended to be heard they you know they did a lot of a lot of the songs from the album they did a lot of songs from the second album too not as many but but they had this live band and it really every song had this kind of different vibe to it but anyway it was it was fantastic it was, it was very good. very glad that that took the time to do that very glad jay bought tickets and made that happen and so i probably would have seen it in the chronicle and been like oh man i wish i'd have seen that and um it didn't i went i was there butterfly i'm so jealous i'm so glad you saw it yeah it was good i gotta say though that that um <laughs> oh that i gotta oh, oh what's happening i oh, oh i gotta say that that venue emos on riverside Oh, it's not. It's such not a good venue. It's just a big black box, right? It is, which is used might be fine. It was. It was super hot mm. inside of there, I, which I thought. Do they not have yeah, air conditioning we've here? Solved this like, problem, I, guys. I don't know. Well, see, that's. I thought it was going to be at Stubbs. Stubbs is the best old venue we still have for sure. Stubbs is great. Wish it would have been there, but no. Was it emails? It's Antones. Fine. I think Antones is a good venue. It's small though. Yeah. Uh, the Paramount. I like seeing shows there. That's seated though. I mean, I, that that would have been the wrong venue for this. What that? Why they should have played in that? The ACL studio at the bottom of the W Hotel. That is the perfect room. Well, yeah, the ACL Moody Theater is the best venue we have. It's so good. On Such so many levels. Incredible sound. Great sound. It's got 
the it's got the great amenities standing floor, but then the old guys can sit up on the balcony. And and it's all good. Yeah, the mezzanine, yeah, the balcony, it's, it's all fine. Yeah, even if you're way up in the nosebleeds, it's, it's fine. There. You can still yeah. see, and it sounds good. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, they don't that that theater doesn't get enough of the acts that I want to see. Yeah, you know, like they get it that there they they fill it all the time, but. You know who I saw there on my 40th birthday? Who's that? Snoop Doggy Dog. Whoa. And his opening act was Dave Hill, the comedian. Whoa. Um, and Dave Hill had come to the Waller Creek Pub the night before. Wow. And we had bonded because Dave Hill occasionally lived in the village, would occasionally go to the Four-Faced Liar. Wow. So he was like, you look familiar. I was like, you look familiar too. Wow. We figured it out. I mean, he was... You know, he's a national comedian who's, you know, been in a lot of movies and shows, but we we recognized each other from the New York days. Okay. So Dave Dave Hill. Dave Hill, yeah. So he put me on the so he put me on the list for the wow. for the Snoop show. Okay. I yeah, I don't know that guy. I'm more of a West Coast comic scene mm-hmm. than East Coast. He was also in the uh, television adaptation of the Tick, in uh, oh yeah, that's on uh, on Amazon. That's one of my all time favorite shows. Oh, I've never seen that. I've watch. never seen the Tick. I was thinking, Matthew. I think after you know two years of a pandemic and you know and change, I think I've officially watched too much TV. Okay, it, it okay, is not sure. sure. Yeah, it is not really do it for me anymore i hear you man i i've watched much less tv than you and i still feel like i watch too much tv so i've seen more kids shows than you those yeah i was thinking about you and the fact that you that's good because you know eventually you're going to be old and retired you're not going to want to move around as much and then you're going to have all of this good tv and backlog um, yeah, one of these days I'm gonna quit working and watch Game of Thrones finally. <laughs> Game of Thrones is kind of dumb, but is it okay? Uh, I watched some of the first season and I was mostly horrified. Like, yeah, it's so <laughs> talk about visceral. Jeez, Larry Levis, the oldest living thing in L.A. At Wilshire and Santa Monica, I saw a possum trying to cross the street. It was late. The street was brightly lit. The possum would take a few steps forward and then back away from the breath of moving traffic. People coming out of the bars would approach as if to help it somehow. It would lift its black lips and show them the reddened gums, the long rows of incisors, teeth that went all the way beyond the flames of Troy and Carthage, beyond sheep grazing rock-strewn hills, fragments of ruins, in the grass at San Vital. It would back away, delicately and smoothly, stepping carefully as it always had. It could mangle someone's hand in 20 seconds, mangle it for good. It could sever it completely from the wrist in 40. There was nothing to be done for it. Someone or other probably called the LAPD, who then called animal control, who woke a driver, who then dressed in mailed gloves, the kind of thing, small knights once wore into battle, who gathered together his pole with a noose on the end, a light steel net to snare it with, someone who hoped the thing would have vanished.
by the time he got there. Well, I don't think it's the. I don't think that that's an appropriate representation of possum. Possum cannot mangle your hand in twenty seconds and sever it in forty. Possum just wouldn't do that. That's irresponsible of Larry Levis to say those things about possums. Well, maybe it's maybe it's a metaphor. Yeah, it's a good poem anyway. <laughs> yes, thank you, and thank you, the listener. <clears throat> I'm going to find a better. Larry Levis poem to read to y'all next week. Uh, okay. I do solemnly swear. Okay, good. Thank uh, you, Matthew. Oh, thank you, Shafee. For joining us tonight. Thanks for making me do this podcast. For sharing with us. And uh, once again, here's to, here's to your mother. Here's to Sherry. The sweet woman. Here's the, here's the commuter train again. Nah, nobody on that train. I love an empty train. <laughs> and, and I don't need to tell you this because you know that anytime you want to talk about anything, you can talk about it. Anytime you'd like to talk about her some more, we're here for you. Thanks, but I'm addicted to just recording things. <laughs> I, don't want, I only want to talk if I'm being recorded. <laughs> Compulsion. All right. I love you. Love the listener. The more of the choices. Sweet of the wine. I was a puppy dog, you were a child We had a laugh or two for a little while some innocence and we lost a little sleep we made a whole lot of promises we couldn't keep go wheels turning underneath the fading stars Stay. 
Underneath the fading stars 